Welcome to Ghoul's Night Out with your hostesses, Brandy and Jody. Hello, beautiful ghouls. Welcome. This is Brandy. I'm here with my sister, Jody. Hello. Okay, so I have a stupid joke. What is the most terrifying word in nuclear physics? I don't even know any words. It's oops. Oh. <laughs> That's a bad word for everything. Yeah, that's not not a good word in general. That was so funny when uh, my ex-husband used to have me cut his hair. (laughs) That was literally what I said. And he was like, what? (laughs) That's never. I forgot to put the guard on. Oh, no. I shaved and I was like, oops. (laughs) That's never good. Okay, so I have some funniest face palms on okay. the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of these are posts, so just bear with me. So the first one says, I don't approve of tattoos mainly because it's written in the Christian Bible not to mark your body. I love you, Dwayne, which they're talking about the rock. Uh, but this is the only thing I do not approve of. It is your choice, of course. And then they put love in the rock and a heart. And then someone commented, it also says not to pierce your ears or get a divorce, but one click on your profile shows you obviously pick and choose which parts of the Bible you that fit your agenda. <laughs> there, that's how a lot of people are. Yeah. And it's so stupid. Mm-hmm. Mind your own business. Uh, this one and is... By the way... Oh. I definitely approve. Oh, yeah. Shoot. Anything The Rock does Uh is really good with me. Okay. This one is also a Facebook post. She put, people just join the military because they're too dumb to go to college. Oh, my gosh. Um, And then a obviously military man, his profile picture, he's in his military Mm -hmm. uniform, put a star... And then there, T-H-E-Y apostrophe R-E, because she put T-H-E-R-E. <laughs> Dumb bitch. I know, right? <laughs> okay, and this one was what I was talking about before we started recording. It says, a school district pulls to kill a mockingbird from reading list because it, quote, makes people uncomfortable, official says. And then someone commented... That's the point of the fucking book. Mm-hmm. Which we said, heaven forbid. Yeah. That's the it's life what be it's uncomfortable. To do. Stupid people. Okay, so this is a Facebook post from the Atlanta Falcons. It says breaking news, we will not pursue negotiations with Vic Beasley this off season. And someone commented, source question mark. And the Atlanta Falcons commented, literally us, the Falcons. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, people are so stupid. I know, it's great. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Okay, another Facebook post. She posts, my boyfriend turned down five fully paid scholarships just to stay here with me. I really love this man so much. 
And someone commented, your boyfriend is dumb as shit. Yes. That's <laughs> what I was thinking. <laughs> okay. Next one is um, a post says, a kid born in 2010 is now 20. Just let that sink in. <laughs> someone commented, he's doing that R. Kelly math. <laughs> This dumbass. She put, have you ever been to a restaurant that does not give you change when you pay with cash? My bill was $47.20. I gave the waitress a $100 bill, and she only gave me back $53. I called over the manager, which was our waitress. She said, we don't usually carry change. I told her to give me my $100 back, and I'll pay with a credit card. 80 cents would not kill me, but it's the principle. If they do this to everyone who pays cash over a year, that could be a lot of money in their pocket. Oh, my God. Uh, Someone commented, I'd redo your math. Because <laughs> that's literally $100.20. Okay, next one. A Kentucky woman... Penn's furious email to bridal company after gown arrived looking nothing like the photos, only for staff to point out that she'd put it on inside out. <laughs> I guess if people weren't so stupid, we wouldn't have anything to laugh Yeah, exactly. About. It really is amusing. So. <laughs> okay, and this one, a guy, okay, he obviously, he edited a photo, and it is a bunch of copies of himself in a living room. And it he put, day 20 of quarantine, me and the boys still having fun. Okay. So, and someone commented, this is not social distancing unless you all live together, which I doubt. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's literally him. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay. What do you even resp- How do you even respond to that? I, you can't. You can't. It's like. He'd be like, um, open your eyes. I don't. <laughs> I mean, I don't. What do you say? You can't. You can't argue with stupid. Exactly. You can't negotiate exactly. with stupid. It's just, you just can't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, this one, um, it looks like Twitter maybe or I don't know, one of the social media things. She put, everyone shut the fuck up. I got accepted for a NASA internship. And a man... Homer Hickam commented, language, she responds, uh, suck my dick and ass, I'm working at NASA. <laughs> he put, and I am on the National Space Council that oversees NASA. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, this one's great. This one is, I think, a, a yeah tweet. He put, I saw a job post the other day. It required four plus years of experience in fast API. I couldn't apply as I only have one and a half years experience since I created the thing. 
Maybe it's time to reevaluate that years of experience equals skill level. So he he's the he one created, that created it, it a and year and a half ago, <laughs> and they want four and a, four plus years oh experience. Oh my gosh! On it. So he couldn't apply for that job. Wow. <laughs> okay, this one um, it's from San Miguel Sheriff. It's a Facebook post. Large boulder the size of small boulder is completely blocking eastbound lane on Highway 145. What? <laughs> Large boulder the size of a small boulder. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, next one. It's a post. It says, if you're having a bad day, remember that we unloaded 6,000 bricks at the wrong address. Oh, my gosh. That's oh, horrible. my gosh. Poor guys. Okay. Let's see. This one. Thinking about my optometrist who was treating my eye infection and said, quote, if it hurts, you can rinse your eye out with boiled water. <laughs> Look at me. Look at me. I want you to understand that I mean water that has been boiled and has since cooled. Not boiling water. Do you understand? Like, I'm so grateful for this man ensuring that I wouldn't destroy my eyes by pouring boiling water in it because it is an ad adequate assessment of my intelligence. Someone commented, this is a man who has experienced the public. <laughs> Quote, look at me. <laughs> that is so awesome. That is horrifically <laughs> scary. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, it's amazing to me how many people do not have common sense. I know. I know. It's just. If someone told you to pour boiling water in your eyes. I'd be like, uh, no. Thank no, you. That, no, thank you. <laughs> it's okay to say no. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> okay. And my last one. This is a post from Fox 5. DC school district school district says no pajamas for online classes and someone commented laughing my ass off what are you gonna do send them home <laughs> you have detention <laughs> go to your room <laughs> oh my god <laughs> those are mine for the beginning Okay, what did I do this week? 15 horror stories from people who realized that their HR department was slightly evil. Ooh, yay, something different. Yeah, I wanted to get away from the, uh, after last week, I just kind of wanted to get away from. Oh my the... God, you guys, we talked, even after we stopped recording, yeah. we just couldn't stop. And it is the scariest thing. Oh my gosh, exorcisms. Ugh, wow. Don't like it. All right. I worked in the bakery at a Fred Meyers for about six months when I was freshly 19. There was a 45-year-old guy in the meat slash seafood 
who was super creepy to all the women in my department. One woman who was previously in my department but was moved to another to get away from him warned me about this guy from day one. Somehow, any time I was on my break, he would be on his break too, and he'd follow me into the break room and try to flirt with me the entire time. Not only did he follow me on my breaks and lunches, but if I had to walk to another part of the store to get anything, he would run to catch up to me and walk with me. No. He followed me to my car a few times after I got off shift, and the scariest time was when I was closing by myself, and he came into the back of the bakery and kept following me around the long table trying to grab me (gasps) while telling me how much he liked me and how badly he wanted to be with me. Ew. I told him no and to leave me alone constantly while managers just shrugged and said, that's just how he is. Mm-mm. My boyfriend threatened him when he got off work one day, one time. Hell, even my father came in and threatened him because no one was doing anything. Oh my God. The final straw for me was one night when I was closing alone again. He came into the back area and followed me into the freezer and tried to kiss me <gasps> and grab my ass. I pushed him and ran to the closing manager, who also functioned as HR. He said he'd watch the store footage and talk to me the next day. Next day, he comes and pulls me into his office and says that he saw the video and saw this man stalking me inside and outside of work and that he talked to him about his behavior, to which the man responded that it was just a misunderstanding. Oh, my God. I replied that this had been going on for months and I wasn't going to take it anymore and he had the nerve to tell me that he just does this to all the new girls. As soon as another girl gets hired, he'll leave me alone. What the fuck? I told him he was a bastard and quit on the spot. Fuck yes, girl. Turns out the creep was the brother of the store's owner who had been been to jail in the past for sexual assault. Oh my God. That is bullshit fuck yes it is she should have called the cops absolutely especially following her out to her car yeah no after she leaves work i mean even on the property you know whatever but once you leave work and he's following you fuck Mm -hmm. yes call the police that oh my god that's bullshit it is One of our departments shut down at noon thanks to a HVAC issue. Building management needed to move cubicles and pull out a chunk of drop ceiling. So the manager took them all out to the bar for a team building exercise. Everyone in the department arrived the next morning to a final notice in lieu of termination on their desk that cited drinking on the job and time theft. What? The manager had an extra special third for improper use of a company credit card. None of what they'd done was against company policy, so the manager's boss, a vice president, called HR and told them to back whatever newbie had written them the hell off. HR instead forwarded over a brand new policy manual and told the VP to make sure all the write-ups were signed and returned by the end of the day. VP goes up the chain to his boss, the CEO. The CEO hadn't ever seen it, let alone authorized it. HR doesn't want to back down, even when the CEO calls them. Sure, he hadn't authorized it, but he had asked them to consider revamping it back in March. This was the glorious revamp. They'd gone back to square one and completely rewritten it. It's full of best practices, industry standard rules, and easy-to-understand language. Oh, 
and they'd been enforcing it since May, so it would probably be best for him to just sign off on it, and any concerns he found could be incorporated in a future revision. Yeah, no. <laughs> the CEO didn't make it past the first page before finding a contract law violation. <laughs> page three had a federal labor law violation. Oh my god! Page four would make the NLRB angry, <laughs> and the section on PTO would get them sued six ways to Sunday. The head of HR was asked to resign. When she refused, she was fired. What the actual fucking fuck? I'm telling you, I have had HR people that are ridiculous. Like power-hungry morons? Yes. What the fuck? Dude. (laughs) This lady, I know you know the the lady that I used to work with. (laughs) And she hated me well because because i would not i didn't give a shit who she was exactly and that one time she told she tried to tell me what to do she wanted me to do her work i'm like um i'm busy doing my own work (laughs) god i hate people fuck you (laughs) fucking hated that bitch yeah HR hired consultants to run morale-building employee input sessions, basically saying, we're not from the company, you can tell us all the things you don't like about working here and would like to see changed, and we'll put it into a report for management. Don't worry, everything is anonymous. We just need material for our report, and you guys get to have your say in improving things around here. Turns out, HR and the consultants recorded all the (gasps) sessions and played the highlights for management. What? People were disciplined for criticizing the company or their immediate supervisors, and any shred of faith or trust in management that the employees may have had was instantly incinerated. Managers now complain that they don't know what's going on in their teams (laughs) because nobody tells them anything. I wonder why. Oh, my God. What is wrong with people? I don't trust anything that says it's confidential. No. That's bullshit. And don't ever write anything down Mm-mm. ever that's that's personal ever nope hr ordered me to downgrade my three excellent employee reviews to satisfactory because management didn't recognize their names i got written up for telling my employees this hr <laughs> denied that they told me anything even though i had the emails from them documenting it <laughs> Totally worth it. My employees were excellent and got the raises they deserved. Well, fuck yeah. I went to HR to report that my team's manager was illegally shorting all all of our paychecks. Uh, HR's response was to adopt a new company-wide policy addressing the paycheck issue and back-paying most people for a certain amount, and also to frame me for work avoidance. HR and IT disabled part of my login account to a tool we used, and then fired me a few months later after failing to fix the problem and allowing me to actually do my job. Ugh. They tried to deny my unemployment claim afterward, told the unemployment rep that they had logs showing that I did something to break the tool. Ugh. I don't even have ex- access to break in the first place. They also didn't think to disable my email access in a timely manner, so I was able to back up all my emails with IT documenting exactly what went down. Nice. Unemployment approved my claim and hit them with a major penalty to their insurance. Ha ha, nice. Every second Friday of the month, people in my office would get drinks after work. One time it happened to fall on my birthday. 
Because they let me pick the bar, I figured I would just invite some friends there, too, to meet up with me after. Usually, these drinks lasted from like 4 to 5.30 with my coworkers. Well, one coworker, who was generally a bit odd, stayed and sort of stuck to me and my friends. I didn't really want her there, but she couldn't take a hint. <laughs> and I was three cocktails in, so I just gave up and didn't say anything. One of my friends starts talking about sex, nothing particularly vulgar or kinky, or even about our personal lives. It was mainly just about the politics of sex and relationships. The following Tuesday, I got an email from HR about having inappropriate conversations of a sexual nature with coworkers. <laughs> I tried to explain what happened, and even though I think the person believed me, the other workers corroborated my story, I was written up for sexual misconduct. Oh my God! I obviously did not want that on my record, so I escalated it all the way up the company, and eventually we had a four-hour meeting with a regional <laughs> HR person where my coworker just cried and caved. Then afterwards, she had a bunch of people in trouble for a toxic work environment because nobody wanted to be around her, and she was never invited to any <laughs> social events. It was the dumbest thing I've ever experienced. Yeah! What the fuck? People are nuts. Okay, so you're in a bar. Yeah. You happen to be sitting by someone you work with. After and work. They're talking to their friends. It's not even them talking about it, right? Like, mm -hmm. they didn't bring it up. I hate that person. I know. Whoever she is, she fucking sucks. Yeah. Ooh. During an exit interview with my last job, HR asked me where I was going to next. HR. So what's the name of the company you're moving to next? Me. I'm not really comfortable disclosing that. HR. Are you sure? It would really help us out. Uh. Me. I'd rather not say. HR. It is company policy that you need to tell us. Uh. Me. I said no, and if you continue further, you'll be hearing from my lawyer. HR. Shocked Pikachu face. <laughs> Told my boss this after I left, and he was absolutely shocked. HR have no right to know anything about the next place you are moving to. It's literally none of their business. But they tried to press it out of me anyway, more than likely to call them up and talk about me. Oh, my God. You don't have to tell them shit. No, it is none of their business. Why would they even ask that? Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> I reported sexual harassment to HR at a large international company when I was 21. They notified my harasser, an old, older VP, before I even made it back to my desk. Oh, my God. I was fired a few days later, despite an excellent per performance review the week before he propositioned me. Oh, my God. That is bullshit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you want to piss everybody off tonight, Jody? I guess I did. <laughs> HR sent out anonymous surveys in doc file by email, and we should have replied back with filled blanks. We figured out it's not really anonymous as who sent it would literally be written in from, be written in from, quote, from, yeah. Okay. So we filled the forms on the same machine and sent all of them in single email. And HR was like, wait, you can't do that. By anonymous, I meant I will not tell boss and just aggregate data for them. Did that make sense? Can't Kinda. say it inspired lots of trust. So they wanted it. They they said it was anonymous, but they wanted to know who it was from. Yeah. They just wouldn't tell the boss. Fuck yeah. you. Uh-huh. 
Overall, I've been able to get along with HR departments with one exception. I was working a help desk job for a company during college, and the head of HR called in for help. He was making an Excel spreadsheet and couldn't figure out how to make a formula do what he wanted. I offered to come take a look as we were in the same building, and he told me I couldn't because the spreadsheet was full of confidential information. So I asked then if he could describe what exactly he was trying to do without giving away any specific info, and he told me that what he was trying to do was confidential. (laughs) So I clarified that he wanted me to tell him how to do something, but I couldn't see it, and he wouldn't even tell me what it was he was trying to do. Great plan. At that point, he agreed that I wouldn't be able to assist him since he couldn't divulge anything. (laughs) As soon as we hung up, he called my boss to complain that I was useless. Oh, my God. What? What a dick. I hate everyone. (laughs) At my last real job before striking out on my own, I had an exit interview with the HR lady, who was actually just someone who was friends with the company president who was filling in. Because the actual HR lady with a degree in HR and everything quit. (laughs) A lot of people at this place quit. It was a terrible place to work with out-of-touch management and delusions of grandeur, limping along building websites for a business niche that was mostly old people who thought the internet was magic. (laughs) During the exit interview, she asked why I was leaving. I told her I liked my coworkers a lot but hated the company. (laughs) She got this exasperated look and got genuinely upset and told me that she'd been getting that same line from everybody (laughs) else who quit and had their exit interview recently. Hmm. It boggled my mind that they could hear the same thing over and over again from so many people putting in their time until they could go on to something better and not stop to think that they should change something. Well, what? Why would they change anything? Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. (laughs) I asked my boss for a desk phone with a speakerphone function because sometimes I need, I need it at work to conference people on the phone with people in my office. We had these old yellow phones, so he told me to make a request to him and CC our office manager, and he'd send it to the HR department of our region via email. So I put forth a nice email outlining what I am requesting and why I need it for HR's request. My office manager replies all and asks HR, Per whoever's request, should I order the phone through the same channels I have used before, or is there a new policy? HR responded livid. She demanded to know why I needed this phone. It was in the email. (laughs) And then accused my office manager of going behind HR's back in ordering phones before without approval. My office manager told my boss, who called HR and chewed her out, and I could hear yelling, My boss came out of his office and yelled at me, see what you've caused? Oh my God. He was fired up, but I know he didn't mean anything malicious by it. I just laughed. (laughs) HR had to apologize to the office manager for accusations. Turns out after everybody yelled their lungs out for an hour, the speakerphone I needed was literally free (laughs) and we had boxes of them in storage. Oh my God. I had it for a month before HR rolled out a new fancy phone that was actually expensive and convoluted. Requiring training to set up and use. What? Oh They're my so, god! They make no sense. It's it's a power trip. It is. It's, I don't understand all of it. these. What is this? Except for the first one, that was just someone that, yeah, getting that a was, free pass. That yeah. sucks. 
Upon giving two weeks' notice, I get this stupid rant about millennial snowflakes, how we can't take the stress of a real job, and how we think we're so important and unique, but in reality, the only thing that would happen is that they would find another engineer to fill in for me, and things would be like I never existed. After the initial shock, I replied with a, you are absolutely correct. Me staying or not is meaningless. Consider my resignation immediate from this moment. Please give me the paperwork to sign. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Who wants to work for someone that, that thinks no, of you that way? Exactly. I mean, Nobody. It's That's stupid. People suck. I worked at a smallish company that grew big enough to hire an HR person. Her office was down for mine, so in the mornings I'd swing by and say hi. That turned into grabbing a cup of coffee she had just made, then into having a pastry and talking about life. I found that if I mentioned someone's name in passing, a few minutes later she would spill the beans about that person's life, <laughs> what work issues they had, health issues, family issues, etc. Uh, I learned really quick any issues I had not to make not to take them to her. She made it like six months before she got fired. Wow, she was not fit for that job. I uh, knew. HR person used her position to collect intel to get people she didn't like and get them fired. Bitch. What the fuck? That was the last one. Sorry. <laughs> okay, well, now that we're all pissed off, nice and scary. Well, these are people who have had strange experiences with, like, people, but they don't know if they're people. Oh. It's like weird people. Okay. Okay, so first one. I used to work at a service deli, and this guy walked in one day looking around at everything. He asked me a few questions about how we get our meat, how it gets shaped that way, what kind of currency is accepted, and how the interaction of the purchase is made. Then he just kind of smiled and said, so sorry if I come off as strange. I'm from the future, so this is all overwhelming to me. Then he spent time at the whole meats department, a little distance away from the deli counter, and asked my coworker there similar questions. He also asked him if, quote, people purchasing meat of creatures is a significant part of our infrastructure. My coworkers and I talked about it all day. Realistically, he could have been just a goofy guy, maybe on a controlled substance, or maybe has a mental illness related to the perception of reality. He seemed like a regular guy. He was wearing office attire that looked expensive, like maybe silk, and spoke clear, fluent English. I've never encountered or had a conversation with anyone like that before. It's weird. It is weird. He hmm. like casually, oh yeah, I'm from the future. So yeah, that's... That's weird. Next one. I was pretty down because of a girl and went for a kebab. While I was standing in queue for the kebab, in a pub right next to it, there was a woman that caught my attention. I for sure had never seen her before, despite living in this small town my entire life and going around this pub every day. Another thing I noticed was that she didn't order anything. She just sat there at the table alone. Then I ordered my food, and while I was waiting for it, the woman leaned over the fence that separated the kebab place from the pub, looked at me directly, and offered me an ice cream. I accepted the offer, and immediately after that, she looked at me in the eyes, smiled a bit, and clearly, calmly said, I love you. I received my kebab and turned around to where she was, and she was gone. Vanished as quickly as she appeared. 
I inspected the ice cream. It seemed okay, and it was delicious. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's fucking weird. Alrighty. What? Next one was out hiking on a trail above a green slope overlooking a river. I saw a dude and his dog on a trail on the other side of the river. A short time later, a piece of trail collapses under my foot and I fall down the slope. A nice bush stops me and I hang out for a few minutes before trying to get back to the trail. Dude and his dog come along and stop to check on me, helping me up the three foot wall to the trail it was built on. There's no way across the river more than a mile in either direction. That's weird. That's weird. Next one. So this is one that I tell people about from time to time. My friend who was with me at the time and I are dead serious when we tell this story. So it's St. Patty's Day in Boston, circa 2017. And a few of my friends and I decided to go to this pub in South Boston. We had been drinking all day and hadn't eaten much when we showed up at the pub. The place was packed and the line to get in was enormous. My friend Pat and I decided to cross the street and grab a couple slices of pizza at this hole in the wall while the rest of our friends hold our spot in line to get into the pub. We order a few slices and sit down. As we're waiting, this really old man wearing all different shades of green and carrying a gnarled wooden wooden cane showed up. He had no hair, was wrinkled beyond belief, smiled at us with a mouthful of about six teeth total, and began to speak. Do lads mind if I sit here for a wee bit of time? Just need to rest me old legs. My friend and I look at each other and shrug. We figured it was just a homeless guy, and to tell you the truth, we didn't think anything of the thick Irish accent. The old guy sits down and starts to crack some truly crass jokes, wheezing and laughing after each one, we had gotten our food and had almost finished eating when he asked us where we were from. We told him, and then he asked if we were Irish at all. We told him we were, and our families had originated from Ireland. He seemed to really enjoy the fact that we were both of Irish descent. He then stuck, stood up, took his walking stick, tapped the table twice loudly, and grinned. Then he said, not that you need it, good Irish lads like you, but I wish you the a good luck and good night. Right at that point, my phone, which was sitting on the table to my right, started ringing. Our friends calling us to tell us that they were getting close to the front of the line and to get our butts back across the street. Both Pat and I glanced at my phone ringing, then went to say goodbye to the old man, but he was gone. Just literally vanished without a sound. There was a bell on the door to the pizza place that would ding every time someone opened it, and I swear we didn't hear the bell chime. He was just gone. Later in the night, I was stepping out onto the street at the intersection, not really paying attention to traffic. A car was pulling away from the curb behind us and started blasting, I'm shipping up to Boston, by the Dropkick Murphys. And as I heard it, I stopped and turned back to my friends to say, I love this song. Right as I stopped, a taxi screamed past me on the street. I missed getting hit by that car by less than a foot. It would have put me in the hospital if it didn't kill me. My friend Pat and I swear that the old guy from the pizza shop gave us some magic good luck charm or something, and that random car blasting music that saved my life that night. I know it sounds crazy, but we're certain the old man in the pizza shop 
was an actual leprechaun. <laughs> Next one, I was a sophomore in college. I walked into my math class like any other day and sat in my usual spot about four seats in on the third row. Even though we didn't have assigned seats, there was always a girl sitting two seats to the left of me, an empty seat between us, and her male friend to the left of her. They seemed to be just good friends, always laughing, never any reason to give me concern. This day in particular, I sat down, got my spiral and pencil out, and just quietly sat there looking forward and thinking about what I was going to do after class. Suddenly, I got this eerie feeling. I looked up to my left and my heart practically stopped. The girl was staring straight at me, blank face, and her eyes were shining like a bright, piercing electric blue, shining like lasers, nothing at all natural. I can't explain accurately. I was basically paralyzed. I couldn't move or say anything. I eventually blinked and looked forward and looked back, and the girl's head was turned back to her friend as he was talking again. About two years later, I was with friends, and we were driving to a restaurant. Traffic was building up since it was rush hour, and we were stopped in the right lane. I'm in the back seat, and I happen to look up diagonally to the left and through the windshield. I look into the car sitting in the, in the lane next to us. Its back bumper is parallel to our front bumper, so I can see the driver easily. He's turned almost completely around, looking back at me, staring intensely. Even from that distance, I could see his eyes were that piercing, bright, laser-like blue, and I froze again. Just like the last incident, I was, at, I was eventually able to blink, look away, and then immediately look back. The man was turned forward, the light turned green, and we all started moving forward. It's been about 15 years, and I haven't experienced anything like that again, but it fucked with my mind for a while. Well, yeah. Yeah. That's, That's creepy. Creepy. What the fuck? I just got chills. Even to, even if it wasn't for the laser blue eyes, just someone staring at you. Ew. Yeah. All right, next one. Years ago, I used to work at a nature facility that was around 500 acres with a few miles of walking trails. One day, I had a lady come into the office and tell me that there was a dead armadillo in the middle of one of the trails. I went to clean it up. It had a single bite to its underbelly. The next day, I was walking the trails and came across another armadillo. Same thing, a single bite to the underbelly. This went on for 14 days. Every day I had to remove an armadillo. Number 13 was on the trail on the backside of the park. While, while I was cleaning up the armadillo, an old man looking to be in his late 70s with sun-weathered skin walked up on me wearing a Western-style shirt. He said, he's just messing with you. I said, hey, bud, what you talking about? He said, the trickster. I said, do what now? He said, the coyote. He's just messing with you. He thinks it's funny how you, mad you get. I said, well, I wish he'd stop. The old man just chuckled and started walking off. I told him, have a good day. He waved while walking off and said, you too, as he turned the bend in the trail. I tossed the armadillo into the brush. I was less than 10 seconds behind the old man. I turned the bend. He was gone. I looked all over for him. I walked the trails for hours asking everyone I saw if they had seen him, and no one had. The next day when I got to work, I went to the office to check my emails. I opened the window blinds, and there was an armadillo with one bite in its underbelly laying under my window. That was the last one, number 14. 
I sat there thinking about the old man's shirt, geometric coyotes in the desert. I'm pretty sure that old man was the trickster. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. Next one, I used to be a tailor in a suit shop in Edinburgh, and this very odd-looking gentleman came in. Short, big, broad smile, always plastered on his face, and weird little black round glasses that looked like they were Victorian or something. He was dressed in an old worn tweed suit and wanted a new one for an event he was going to. He said it was an old it was his old fraternity or gentleman's club and gave a name. I wish I could remember it. It was over 10 years ago, but I feel like I forgot the name right away. I measured him up and gave him various suits to try on, selecting a whole outfit over the course of about two hours. The whole time he was asking me a bunch of very strange questions and claimed he could see into a person, and this wasn't my calling, but I was an artist. He could tell by my eyes. He kept writing things down in this weird little journal he had. There was something just incredibly unsettling about it all. Eventually, once I had his outfit ready, he passed me a card and said that I should come along to his meetup. He could introduce me to his colleagues and that they would have many business ventures for me. He laughed and said that the address was very bad to find, but even harder to leave. He then paid and left me a huge tip before leaving. When I was tidying up, I found one of his notebooks in the changing room. I snuck a look, and it was full of writing, but it was in some other language and really, really scribbly. There were diagrams for buildings and lots and lots of drawings of crows. He never came back to get the book, and I never went to the address till much later, and I couldn't find it. I gave the book to a friend who thought he could decipher it, but nothing ever came of it. A few years later, I got involved with a charity that deals with people who have suffered terrible facial scars. One guy I got friendly with had been burned by his father when he came out of the closet. It was horrific stuff that I naively believed that was a, in a distant past. Anyway, his father committed suicide in prison. Later, I saw a photo of him, and holy crap, did he look just like my mysterious stranger. It was uncanny. Now, it had to be a coincidence, as the father had been dead for over a decade, but it added another very weird layer to the whole thing. That gave me chills for some reason. I know, it's, it's fucking weird. 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 Next one. I was coming back on the plane from a very important job interview, and I thought I blew it. I was spacing out during the entire flight, and when the plane landed, I finally got up to grab my bags. An old, old, older woman, three aisles down from me, looked straight at me and said, Don't worry, it'll be okay, you'll get it. I reflexively thanked her and ignored what she said, but a few hours later, I got a call that I got the job. Only then did I remember what she said. I still don't know why she said that and how she knew what my problem was. Hmm. Next one, I used to work at a Ben and Jerry's a few years ago. I had an opening shift and usually things are slow up until around three when a nearby high school rings the last bell of the day. This was maybe an hour into my shift and I had already cleaned out one dip case, had a fresh batch of waffle cones, and was getting shit done, but with a really bad limp. Quick backstory, growing up, I was a pretty athletic t-ball, volleyball, softball, martial arts dance, so being an athlete 
plus breaking nine bones, getting three concussions, and dislocating my knee three times, obviously took a toll on my body. I'm 26, but I have the bones and joints of a 60-year-old. That particular day, since I had woken up, my knee was really bothering me. I even took my brace to work. Being the only one on shift and having to walk back and forth so much honestly wasn't helping. Then a group of maybe four people walked near the entrance of the shop. They looked maybe mid-20s, early 30s. It was two guys and two girls. Just the girls walked into the shop. I don't remember their their order anymore, but when I handed the scoop of ice cream to the second friend I was I was ringing up, I told her to have a nice day and turned to walk back to my task. I tried hiding my limp the whole time just because I didn't want to be hopping around while ringing them up. Then she called me over and said it seemed like I was in pain. I downplayed it and said I, it was nothing, but it was like she knew how much pain I was in. She had a heavy accent. I couldn't make out from where, but I understood that she and her friends liked to travel. She then asked me if I was okay, if it was okay to hold my hand and say a prayer. I thought it was a bit strange, but she just made me feel so comfortable with her. I couldn't say no. She held my hand, and in mid-prayer, I swear I felt the pain literally lift off my knee. It was amazing. I asked her name, and she gave it to me, and now for the life of me, I cannot remember it. I think it started with an M, but I don't know. This was like 2015, 2017, but since that day, my knee has never bothered me again. I'll never forget her. Man, that's cool. Yeah, that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Wish I could do that. I wish someone would do that for me. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Next one, there was a really young woman about my age at the time, early 20s, sitting alone at a nearly empty coffee shop. She seemed like she was trying not to cry, so I went over and asked if I could sit with her. We talked for hours about everything and nothing at the same time. She didn't go into detail about what was going on with her, but she felt like there was no hope. I did my best to encourage her and told her not to give up, tried to give her reasons to hold on, thought of ideas of what might give her a spark of hope. The coffee shop was closing. I wrote my phone number down and told her that I would love to hang out with her again, and she could call me anytime. She looked at me and told me that everything I said to her wasn't for her to hear, It was for me. I hadn't told her that I was, in fact, suicidal. I had originally gone to the coffee shop to think about how the best way to kill myself was. While talking to her, I figured if I could maybe help someone else not to feel the way I do, I wouldn't kill myself, at least not yet. She had not only saved my life that day, but gave my whole life a new purpose filled with hope. I'm a therapist now. I help people all day. She hugged me, then walked out the door. I ran after her because she forgot the napkin with my number on it. I was no more than two seconds behind her. I got outside, and there was no one there. It was an angel. It was totally a guardian angel. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. Next one, a little over 20 years ago, my friends and I went to a 4th of July party at the house of a guy they went to high school with. It started out pretty chill, but as the night went on, it ended up being the kind of party I didn't think actually existed outside of an 80s teen movie. Huge party house in a richy rich neighborhood, no regard for property damage, 
Picture the party at the end of Weird Science, but subtract the mutant bikers and add a couple hundred kids in their teens and early 20s, half of whom were on acid, and many of whom showed up with literal carloads of fireworks. Oh, God. At some point, these two guys showed up. Nobody knew who they were. They spoke to no one, not even each other. They didn't eat anything. They didn't drink anything. They didn't try to interact with anyone at all that I saw. Uh, What they did do was freak everyone straight the fuck out. Visually, they were exactly average. Average height, average looks, average build, ambiguous age, ambiguous ethnicity. 100% forgettable. Except they absolutely radiated darkness and hostility. They would just stand on opposite sides of a room and glare angrily at each other for a while, then walk into a different room and glare angrily at each other again. (laughs) They seemed to communicate with each other like that. Creepy as hell. It was like there, there was some kind of evil force inside of them that was barely contained by their skin. If they walked into a room where you were, it felt like the air itself suddenly became oppressive. At some point, my friends and I dipped out to go check out another party in the mountains, and a couple of people we knew took off to a different party in a town in the opposite direction of where we were going, and about 30 minutes away, 30 miles away from the original party. About halfway to our destination, we stopped at a gas station to get smokes and drinks. When we walked out, those guys were there. They were standing outside of their car, perfectly still, just staring holes through us. I don't know if if I've ever felt that creeped out. We all piled into our car in record time and peeled out of the parking lot. Thankfully, it didn't look like they tried to follow us and we never saw them again. A few hours later, we went back to the first party and f- to find a girl we knew sitting on the floor holding a baseball bat, jumpy as hell, ready to swing at anything that looked threatening. Apparently, those guys got way creepier after we left. Nobody would go into any detail, though, so I never found out exactly what happened, but everyone who had stayed at the first party looked thoroughly shook. The next day, I ran into one of the people who took off to the other party, and right about the same time we had our gas station encounter with the spooky twins, they had the exact same encounter with the same guys at a gas station probably 50 miles away from where we were. Meanwhile, the people who stayed at the first party swear those guys didn't leave the party until hours after we saw them at the gas station. It was all intensely freaky. I don't know who those guys were or what they wanted, but I have genuine doubts as to whether they were really human. Weird. What the fuck? I don't know. Oh my God. Ew. Okay, next one. I used to work in a small art gallery. The building that housed the gallery is old, and it was many things over the years before it was a gallery. It's also very quiet. Having dozens of people during a day would have been considered busy. So you can very clearly hear when someone else is in the building. The front doors are heavy and metal, and every inch of the wood floor squeaks. You're aware the second anybody else enters. This is not like they can sneak by you. The only other door required a security code, so it was not accessible to the public. There's usually only a single staff member working at any given time, 
and the reception desk where the staff works has a view of the entire first floor as well as both doors. So I'm working an evening sitting at the desk and movement on the main gallery in the main gallery catches my eye. It's a little boy, maybe five or six years old, just staring at the artwork. It wasn't any one piece in particular. He would look and move on to the next, but very intently. He'd spend a few minutes with each piece. I was startled. I hadn't heard or seen this kid come in, and he definitely didn't have an adult with him. So I went up to him and asked where his parents were. He ignored that question and instead asked me all about the artwork. We probably spent a good 20 minutes chatting, and this kid, for being so young, was incredibly intelligent. It felt more like a conversation with an adult. I had a weird feeling looking at this kid, though. There was just something that wasn't quite right about him. His color was just a little off. You know that sort of grayish skin tone that terminally ill people have? That's probably the closest I can come to describing him. His movements were also just a little strange, kind of jerky. It was unsettling, not quite scary, just off. The phone rings at the desk, and I excuse myself to go answer it. I'm gone maybe two minutes. My back is now to the gallery, but I'm looking at the door. I turn around when I'm done. It's getting close to closing time, and I've got to figure, where, figure out where these kids' parents are. And the gallery is completely empty. The kid just vanished. I never saw him again, but a few months later, there's this old man in the gallery, the kind who will spend the whole day telling you stories, and he's talking about when he worked in the building roughly 50 to 60 years ago, when it was a post office, not a gallery. We're looking at a painting of a little boy on display, and it reminds me a lot of the boy I'd seen. I didn't say that out loud. The old man chuckles and says it reminds him of John, a little boy who would randomly appear and watch them sort the mail. The conversations he had with that boy blew his mind. Uh, that kid could talk about anything. Shortly after he retired and before it was a gallery, the building was turned into a public library. I met the woman who used to run it a few years later, and I told her the story of this little boy, curious if she had ever seen him. She nodded and said it sounded exactly like John, a little boy who they'd find between the shelves staring at the rows of books. You could talk to him about anything. He had an amazing range of knowledge. So the little boy never aged in all those years. It's the only time in my life that I think I had seen a ghost. I haven't been back to that building in a long time, but I still wonder if he's there watching and learning. Wow. That's crazy. Oh my God, I want to talk to John. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Back in 1997, I was aged eight. I shared a room with my younger brother, who was four at the time. We used to have our grandparents over for dinner most nights, and it wasn't uncommon for them to stay long after we had gone to bed. They would come and kiss us goodbye in bed when they were going to leave. This one summer day, I woke up during the night and saw my granddad. Like I said, it wasn't unusual. I said, hi, Granddad, are you leaving now? He came and sat on my bed and said, yes, I'm saying goodbye for now. He kissed me and then went and sat on my brother's bed and kissed him as well. Then he left. My childhood intuition picked up that he was a bit sad. The next morning, I went into the kitchen to find my mom crying. She told me that my granddad passed last night of a sudden heart attack. I said, how can that be? I saw him last night. He came and said goodnight to me. 
My mom said that my grandparents left shortly after I went to bed last night. I also remembered that my grandpa said goodbye and not goodnight. I, it was quite a shock at the time. A little comforting, too. I don't remember a lot from my childhood, but this is a memory I won't forget. Aww. That's nice. I'm sad he was sad, though. Mm-hmm. Next one. I grew up poor, which meant we had a crappy car that never, oh, and could never afford to get a better one or to get it fixed right. It had an issue with alignment that left us with a worn tire constantly. One day, of course, something in the road hit it just right, and it sprung a leak just as my mom was picking us up from school. We drove to a gas station just barely up the road from the school, and my mom sends me in for a can of Fix-A-Flat. I go in, and I'm, only, I'm the only one in the store. How the store was laid out, you could see the whole thing from the only door in the place, no public restroom, only one clerk behind the counter, bells on the door. I was the only person in there, I swear. I'm getting the fix of flat when I suddenly hear a guy say, Got a flat tire? I look up and there's a guy in front of me in a mechanic's uniform. There's no way he could have come in without me hearing and seeing him. Being socially nervous and an awkward teenager I thor and thoroughly freaked out, I just nod. He tells me to have my mom pull around the back to the air pump and he'll meet us there with his truck. I never mentioned my mom, by the way, but I didn't realize that until after the fact. I do as instructed. Lo and behold, the guy is a tire man with a truck full of just the supplies we needed. He patched up our tire for us, pays for the air to fill it up, then refuses my mom's attempts to pay him. Gets back in his truck and takes off in the same direction we needed to go in order to get home. My mom hurries after him to try and catch his truck number so she can tell his boss what a great person he was. But we come around the corner, or we come around the curve in the road, and there's nothing there. He vanished. There's no turnoffs, no side roads, just a long, straight stretch of road that there's no way he could have tra uh, traversed in the time since we last saw him. We were right behind him. He goes around the curve, then he's just gone. Later that night, we looked up the name of the company that had been on his truck. It didn't exist. We knew the town that was listed on the truck under the company name, too, so the next time we were up there, we asked around about it. Nobody had ever heard of the place. For small southern towns, that's insane. I have no idea what that guy was, but we never had another issue with that tire again. I mean, ever. It somehow outlasted the other three. Benevolent, supernatural car man, whoever and wherever you are, thank you. <laughs> That's nice. Yeah. I wish some strange man would fix my shit <laughs> and for free and then disappear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next one. I was the only one working a register as it was later in the night. I had a line full of people and one supervisor close by doing her thing. I looked up and saw this guy about two or three people behind my current customer, and he gave me an instant feeling of unease. I saw this black fog-type aura around him. I've never seen auras of any type prior to this or after. I kept watch on him out of the corner of my eye and could feel him watching me. When I looked up again to take care of customer number two, it was the weird guy instead. Even stranger was no one else was in line anymore. I could, I could no longer find my supervisor. 
The store was quiet. All I remember about this guy is he had longish brown hair, average height and looks, and the strangest blue eyes I'd ever seen. I looked at him to ask what I could do for him, and before the words even completely left my mouth, he stated he needed a specific brand of cigarettes. The whole time he had his this knowing grin on his face. When I turned away from him to get his cigarettes, everything went black. I couldn't see anything for what seemed like several minutes, but I'm sure it was only a few seconds at best. All I could think was, oh God, this guy is in my head and completely fucked with my mind. When I finally turned back to him, he just laughed this weird laugh like he knew what I was thinking. He looked at me again and just walked away. As soon as he was gone, everything went back to normal. My supervisor was back, a line full of customers again, all of it. I felt off for several days after this encounter and had nightmares about the guy's eyes following me and telling me he was always watching. Several strange things happened in my life, beginning after my shift was over and I got home. Things quit happening when I stopped having nightmares about a week later. That's weird. That's fucking weird. Next one, I still get shivers when I think of it. He was a customer I was helping out. Honestly, there was nothing that really stood out about him. He was handsome, but in a normal way. He dressed normal, talked normal, was blandly friendly, as you are with strangers. Just a normal, upper-middle-class type guy. The only thing that really stood out was his blue eyes. That's the third story. Sorry, if you guys hear people, that that's Jody's neighbors. Yeah, they're loud. Sorry about that. Uh, okay, blue eyes. Not in a goofy supernatural type way. He just had very, very blue eyes. But for some reason, he made every hair on my neck stand on end. Alarm bells were going off in my head like crazy. All I wanted to do was hide. I have never felt this way before or since. Even when I was followed home by someone, I have never felt such a gut-deep, you-are-in-danger as I did with this guy. After ringing him through, he reached out to shake my hand. This is not common at all here, but out of politeness, I took it and shook. And I instantly got so nauseous, I almost gagged. The moment I got nauseous, he just held my hand and smiled, and something in that smile made me absolutely sure He knew what I was feeling, and he enjoyed it. I'm not religious in any way, but I remember thinking at that moment, oh, fuck, this is the devil. After he left, I was still so sick feeling that I had to go to the back and sit down. I'm not sure if he was a serial killer or what, but to this day, I have never experienced something even close to that encounter. I absolutely felt bone-deep certainty that I was in some sort of danger. I felt every bit the prey. It's a hard story to explain because it's all based on feelings, so I haven't told that many people about it. But to this day, it is absolutely one of the scariest and weirdest things I have ever experienced. That is fucking creepy. Yeah, it is. And this is my last one. In October of 1998, I rolled my dad's 1987 Ford Ranger along a lonely dirt road in Arvada, Colorado. I rolled the truck because I lost control of it. I lost control of it because I was speeding on a dirt road and swerved to avoid an obstacle. That obstacle was a woman. I remember the accident clearly, including the actual rolling, the following moments, the flagging down some help, 
However, from my point of view, I was only stuck on the road for an hour before help arrived. The truth is, I had been out there for three hours, so there was a two-hour gap in my memory. About a year and a half after this, I got my memory back. It was triggered in my doctor's office while I was being treated for Meniere's disease. Mm. At this appointment, a cocktail of steroids was injected into my ear canal's labyrinth via a syringe through my eardrum. Ow. It was painful. Anyway, after the doctor injected me, he left the room and a nurse came in to look after me. And I swear to you, it was the woman I swerved to miss. <laughs> Seeing her must have tri triggered something because those missing two hours from my car accident came flooding back to me. So did her name, Victoria. Not Vicky, though. She hates that name. Something I clearly remember her telling me more than once during our conversation next to my dad's wrecked truck. I asked her about it and called her Vicky, but she doesn't answer me. Instead, she shoots me a dirty look, does a couple of checks, and walks out. About ten minutes later, the doctor comes back. I asked him what the name of the nurse was who had just been in the room. He looked confused, so I went on to describe her, and he said I must be mistaken. All the nurses were busy at the time, and none of them fit the description I had given. Then I asked, what about Victoria? He tells me no one is named that there. Twelve years go by, and in September of 2012, I see this woman again. This time, she's working at a PetSmart. It's Labor Day weekend, and they're having an adoption event. I was in there to pick up supplies for an adult dog I had picked out at the Denver, Denver Dumb Friends League. She approaches me and steers me toward the litter of puppies they were trying to adopt out. She talks me into at least holding the female puppy that was kind of off to the side doing her own thing. After a few minutes of that, she tells me, this is your dog. And then she asks me if I want to spend time alone with the dog. I agree, and she leads me back to the PetSmart employee break room. As I'm about to go in, I take a peek at her name tag. It read Victoria. Mm -hmm. Right before she closed the door to leave me alone with the dog, I said, thanks, Vicky. She responded with, it's Victoria. You know I hate Vicky. <laughs> what the fuck? Then she shut the door. I let out, I fucking knew it. <laughs> and then fumbled with the door and the puppy... Uh, and puppy in hand to confront her, but when I opened the door, she was gone. I took that as a sign and adopted the dog. After that, there was an eight-year break before she popped up again, this time at my vet's office right before lockdown that last year. She released my dog to me after surgery to remove a tumor, and wouldn't you know it, she still looked like she was only 25 years old. Since it was a bit later and there was no one else around, I decided to trust my memory and instead of testing her by calling her Vicky, I straight up asked her why she kept popping up in my life and how she still looked young, as young as she did in 1998. Without missing a beat, she takes a deep breath, turns to me, looks me directly in the eye and says, because I owe you. Then she motioned for me to lean down with her finger when I leaned down, she kissed me on the cheek and said, thank you for what you did that night. I'll see you again soon. For the life of me, I don't know what I did for her, even though the memory of that night is fairly clear to me. There has to be something I'm missing, or am I just going crazy? Either way, it's been weird. 
I have got major chills. I know! What the hell? What the hell? I know! Oh my god, like what? How did... Okay, she didn't answer his questions. How does she look young? What did it... What? So weird. Oh my god. I know. See, those were the stories that I was looking for two weeks ago. Yeah. So probably next week, I'll probably do the same thing because I love these. Yeah. These are crazy. Wow. That was it. All right. It's time for the witty wrap-up. And I did funny tweets again. Okay. And my computer shut off, so hold on. <laughs> That's what's, what is editing for. I can't talk. Did you just hear what I said? <laughs> That's what editing is for? I, saw, I think I said, that's what sedigence for. <laughs> God. That's okay. I knew what you meant. <laughs> okay. Good. <laughs> All right. Before having kids, ask yourself, do I enjoy having a nice cold glass of water all to myself? <laughs> Husband. We have to be there at eight. Teen. In the morning? Me. At night? <laughs> oh, my God. That's hilarious. That yes. <laughs> even though, even if, it, either one for me, I'm like, um, yeah. no. That's way <laughs> too early. In between in that. <laughs> you know what's weird? We name all our pets, but we never tell them our names. My daughter going deep tonight. Holy shit, she's right. Yeah. That's so funny. <laughs> Jade. My name is Jody. She don't care. She doesn't care. That's why. That's they don't right. care. Yeah. <laughs> My kid has a fake laugh now. How do I make him stop? <laughs> oh, no. That's a phase. It is a phase. And I freaking... And Peyton didn't have a fake laugh. He had a fake smile. Oh, everyone has a fake smile. I hated it when he was going through that phase. I know. There was probably two or three years where I did not buy school pictures. Me too. I had to tell Joel. It was like, you know, a couple years had gone by and I was like, okay, this has got to stop. Yeah. So, I, you know, picture day morning. I'm like, okay, we're going to watch some cat videos. <laughs> so I, you know, we watched, we like sat down and watched cat videos for like 10 minutes. I was like, okay. You're going to get your picture taken today, and I want you to think of that video. Perfect smile. <laughs> it was great. It worked. That was genius. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to your 40s. There's no graceful way to get off any Disney ride. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> I believe the children are our future, but my three-year-old finished his juice and then got mad because he thought someone else finished his juice. <laughs> So that future might be in trouble. Oh, no. <laughs> 62% of parenting is improvisational theater. It is. We were talking about that, too. Yeah. Holy shit. My son spilled spaghetti sauce between the couch cushions and immediately <gasps> said, I guess it's the marinara trench now, and I have tears of joy. <laughs> Does anyone know when the Olympic kickboxing tryouts are? I think my kids stand a chance. Also, do they need to be awake? <laughs> <laughs> there are people out there who are like, never, ever, ever make your children feel their feelings are invalid. 
But once my son cried uncontrollably because he couldn't get the juice back into his orange. So I'm just <laughs> suggesting that maybe never is a bit extreme. Yes. <laughs> Everything is a case by case thing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I unknowingly took my toddler to the museum with a shirt pocket full of scrambled eggs. Oh! <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Parents say we don't have a favorite child, but then one of them turns to you and says, Mom, you smell like cheese, and decisions are made. <laughs> oh, my God. She's going to make a note like 20 years from now. You remember that one time? (laughs) (laughs) My six-year-old. Guys, can I do anything I want with this brownie? My husband and I. Six-year-old. Like, eat it with a potato chip? Synchronized sigh of relief. (laughs) Good. Cool, cool, cool. We're good. We're good. Was just asked so many questions by a gas pump, I had to check to see whether it was programmed by four-year-olds. <laughs> this is great. Just let me pump my fucking gas. <laughs> Seriously, I don't want a car wash. I don't want a receipt. I don't want... <laughs> and I don't want your damn rewards programmed. Yeah. I don't have a car. Just give me fucking gas. There's no better feeling as a parent than watching as your child grows and develops into doing more and more meaningful chores. Huh? Okay, sure. Well, they're... It was sarcastic. No, it wasn't sarcastic. There's no better feeling as a parent than watching as your child grows and develops into doing more and more meaningful chores. I mean, that's sure. Yeah. Yeah. Not as funny as the other ones, but okay. (laughs) My husband took the kids out for the afternoon so I could get things done. So far, I've eaten half a jar of jelly beans, watched a cat roll around outside, and stared at the laundry pile. That is a productive afternoon. It is. A half a jar of jelly beans? Fuck you! Yeah. That is hilarious. I love it so much. Because that's what happens every time. I'm like, take the kids. I I just got these things to do. And um, do I do any of it? No. <laughs> you just enjoy your, enjoy your alone time. Exactly. <laughs> Playing paper, scissors, rock with three-year-old. Three-year-old, rock. Me. Paper, I win. Three-year-old, bashes paper with rock. <laughs> I used vacation days. That doesn't mean I had a vacation yeah never and this one is my last one seven-year-old in crowded aisle at grocery store oh no we only have a tidbit of peanut butter left at home me it's tidbit seven-year-old no me i'm pretty sure seven-year-old no it was on my show and it's tit tit mom tit Oh my god! A tidbit? <laughs> oh my god! That's great! And that's all I got. Okay! <laughs> I just kept thinking Fitbit too. <laughs> no, it's tidbit! Mom, tidbit! Oh my god, that's funny. Okay, thank you guys so much for listening. 
Email us your stories. We need them. Ghoulsnightoutpodcast at gmail.com. Look us up on Facebook. Request to join the group. Rate, review, subscribe where you listen. And we will talk to you next week. Later. Bye.